It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Here at the roundabout. Yeah, she okay. said roundabout at the entrance. Right. Okay, when we here, we're parked. Welcome back to Bedrock USA. I'm Kathleen Coolian. And I'm Samantha Story. And welcome to our new mini series, The School Board Queen. For the next three episodes, we're going to be spending time with a school board member, a conservative mom who's shaking up America's school boards. Last fall, we flew to Sarasota, Florida to meet her. Hurricane Ian had just hit. Schools were closed and many roads still needed clearing. But Florida being Florida, it was a beautiful day. The sun was shining. All right, we are gonna go stand in the shade, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you told her we're here, right? Yeah, I told her we're part. She gave me a thumbs up. Hi, Bridget. Hi. I'm Bridget, sorry, perpetually late. It's my life. Bridget Ziegler is 40 years old and is a mom to three adorable little girls. She sits on the school board of Sarasota County. The girl squad. Hi, girl squad. Want to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Reagan. Hi, Reagan. Hi. I'm Sloan. Hi, Sloan. And who are you? Fallon. <laughs> Fallon Rose. Bridget has lovely energy. She's always smiling, like she has all the time in the world for her girls. She's extremely present with them. She's been on the school board for eight years, and it's been a journey. We met Bridget at Bayfront Park in downtown. It's surrounded by trees and sailboats. That week we were there, Bridget was busy. Many school buildings had been flooded during the storm. There was a ton of damage, and she was helping coordinate the cleanup. Can I Yeah. The whole tree fell down. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's every. That's the sad part. Like, everything. I'm like, look at even... I haven't been out here, but, like... That boat and the sail is totally to shred. All those sails yeah. are to shreds. But, you know, yeah, if you go so down south, they're all piled up yeah, on each other. Good. You did not. Did you go all the way across? Yeah. Oh. Do you guys come here a lot? We haven't been in a while. It's rained so much lately, but yeah, there's a lot of parks oh, in Sarasota. A couple of years ago, Bridget helped co-found Moms for Liberty, a conservative activist group. Like many conservatives, she's against a lot of American public school curriculum. I did the whole 
So you guys want to sit? Like, you tell me what you want me to do. No yeah. either. Yeah, we can sit and chat. Wherever. I am not a, even though I live in Florida, I loathe the sun, so I'm normally in a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah if we can. I'm going to be over here. I stay far away from the sun. Good job, kiddo. During her bid for re-election last year, she was personally endorsed by Governor Ron DeSantis, an unprecedented move by a governor. Local candidates are almost never endorsed by a state governor like that. Bridget is pro-parental rights. That's an umbrella label co-opted by conservatives. It's a shorthand way for saying they don't want kids to learn about the history of racism. And they have hardline opinions on how gender and identity are taught. She's been active at the state level. She helped bring into being the Florida Parental Rights and Education Act. That's the so-called Don't Say Gay bill, which put many of those beliefs into law and was passed just last summer. Her opponents have called her homophobic, racist, a Christian nationalist. This is in reaction to interviews she's done on Fox News and The Ben Shapiro Show. She says she's protecting kids from, quote, learning how to hate America. It's hard to overstate Bridget's influence. Just this summer, she was made education director at a conservative nonprofit called the Leadership Institute. They've been around since the 1970s, and they're incredibly well-funded, like an annual budget that's in the tens of millions. Most importantly, they're deeply influential. They teach people how to run for government. Bridget's now in charge of the school board trainings. She's been on the job for six months, and already she's trained over 800 people on how to run for school board. The Leadership Institute has never had a position that specialized just in school boards. But Morton Blackwell, the Institute's founder, was so impressed with Bridget, she says that he made a role specifically for her. Most school boards have operated the same for years and years. But Bridget, she's cracked the code on how to break the status quo. And now she's in the position to show other conservatives how they can do it too. Bridget's rise to power comes at a time when school boards are becoming more political. This was clear during the midterms when they flipped conservative. And it's clear now as Governor Ron DeSantis is making education the frontrunner of his platform. So we flew to Sarasota to meet the queen of school boards, to find out who she is, to learn more about how she cracked that code in Florida and how she's going to do it at a national level. We sat and talked to Bridget on a park bench while her three girls ran around the playground. In true mom fashion, she is constantly interrupted. So you grew up in, in near Chicago? Uh, yep, in the western suburbs, Wheaton, Illinois. It's a small, super quaint. It's funny, when you're younger, you don't realize like how Pleasantville it was until... Bridget's childhood, like she said, was pretty idyllic, until high school. But uh, then my brother and sister went to college and my dad bought a company up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I moved my sophomore year of high school to a totally different town, not wow. super fun. Wow. And when we moved north of, it's north of Detroit, but it's called Port Huron. We live just north of it. But it's a small town and my, the company my dad took over employed like, I want to say it was something, I don't know the exact stat, but it was something like 80% of every person in the community. So everyone that, so I went to high school and it was like, my dad was their parents' boss. I would have never known that, like, at another school, at my other school. But it was just a very different, it was a cultural shift. But it was, in high school's not, I mean, I remember being, like, terrified of lunch. It reminds me of, like, the movie Mean Girls, which, like, I wasn't, like, for, moving from Africa or wherever she was coming from. But 
But it was dramatically different than what any, anything I'd experienced. And so I didn't so Bridget says she was bullied by some mean girls. And that experience, that trauma, can shape a person when they grow up. After high school, Bridget was in and out of college. She moved out west to be with her brother, then back east. She took classes in business when she could. Eventually, she followed her parents when they moved from Michigan to Florida. She worked in high-end retail like Christian Dior and Gucci. I did business marketing and then I minored in um, economics. And yeah, I loved it. Econ is like fascinating to me. So then, then Gucci actually asked me to come back and I was drunk, like, like trying to like make ends meet. So I started to go to school and work and then the same thing happened. So I am probably, probably a semester away from graduating. But then still, she couldn't avoid the mean girls. And I just want to get out of Miami. My parents moved, kind of were like, come over to Sarasota, like get yourself set and then you can move to New York. And um, so I was going to take a job at Gucci in New York and then, um, I evaluated doing, getting out of the fashion world because it was just a different, the higher you go, the more it's very cutthroat and it's very intense and not that politics is any like light thing either, but. Bridget says she's a semester away from graduating college. She never got her degree. We asked her about that. But it's interesting, even when I was applying at jobs, uh, my non, not finishing school always was like this like taboo. Cause like in our world, our generation, it was like you, that, like you have to go to school, you have to. Uh, meanwhile, I'm still paying down. Like I, don't, I haven't finished, I'm still paying down whatever I took, like the, the loans I took out, almost done, thank God. But um, it's just fascinating. Cause that when, when I ran for office, that was one of the things my father was like, you're gonna really be opening yourself up to a lot of scrutiny and something that, and it, then that would be the number one thing. And it was, but it was like, all right, we just gotta, Rip it off like a band-aid, let everybody know, because I was very capable and like my journey just took a different, I learned by application, like far better. But it was, so that's my education journey. <laughs> so there's someday I may finish, I probably will. Uh, she settled into Sarasota and after working at Gucci for a while, eventually she took a job in insurance. But not finishing her degree for Bridget, it made her feel ashamed. Over the years, she's overcome this. And now, after a great deal of success, she feels like she learned to be resilient. We'll be back after the break. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves 
to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'll see you later, kiddo. I love you. Oh what my you goodness, you guys. <laughs> All right, bye. You this is really hamming it up. I want to kiss you. All right, I'm going to... I can't do it. Sloan's, Sloan's like choking me over here. All right, adios. Bye. Bye. After we met at the park, we asked Bridget to give us a tour of the Sarasota County School District. It's a grade A school district serving 44,000 students with over 50 schools. We were in for a long ride. Okay. And if you guys are, I, well, we'll probably stop somewhere and get it something to eat somewhere. Bridget's car, like most family cars, was a happy mess. There were stray shoes and small toys scattered everywhere. A flat Stanley book was shoved into one side of a car seat. So we are downtown Sarasota on Main Street. My, I am geographically challenged, by the way, and it's only gotten worse uh, becoming a mother and two because I always lean on maps. <laughs> so, so um, bear with me. And if I get, if I drive poorly, because I get, I'm very sensitive to car sickness. So please let me know. Downtown Sarasota is cute and small and made up of mid-rise condos and new construction. She drove us past where two of her kids go to school, a private school, also downtown. So this is their school, is the Montessori school. It's just just here. It's like connected to the church. She found a space they would do. It's super cute inside. But what was awesome was and there's a playground over there. So that's where my two younger daughters go to school. Were Sloan and Fallon. then we drove out of downtown through a couple of neighborhoods where the housing was a little more run down. Our first stop in the northern part of the district was Booker High School. It's a magnet school with a popular visual and performing arts program, and it's one of the crown jewels of the district. And now seemed like a good time to ask her why she ran for school board in the first place back in 2014. Oh my gosh, I remember the day. I remember it. I have a visual memory anyway, but I was sitting on the ground with Fragan, who was eight months old, crawling around. Uh, not quite, she was just about to walk, and my husband walked in the door from work, remember very specifically, and he said, literally, it was like the first thing he said, he's like, somebody just, there's a vacancy, somebody just, uh, there's a vacancy on the school board that she abruptly resigned. You should run for school board. And I was like, what? You're insane. And he's like, no. And I, I so vividly remember this. Like, it was, no, we're raising a family now. Education's key. You'd be amazing at it. And and government takes a really long time to work. Like, we'll have a voice on the table and, and be able. So by the time Reagan's in school or starting school, you know, we'll be able to influence that kind of, you know, learning environment and, and for her and for, you know, that kind of generation. Bridget's husband is Christian Ziegler. He's now the vice chair of the Florida GOP. And back then, he was a state committeeman. He was also the chief operating officer of a branding agency. These days, he's running for chairman of the Florida GOP. According to the Washington Post, he's the front runner for the job. Running for school board was not her idea, but having the potential of influence over her daughter's future education, that's what appealed to her. And her journey to get there, well, 
just an eye opening. That one year, we had a lot happen. We got married, had a baby, bought a house, and then I ran for office all like in one year, and all in all the span of twelve months. So I was thirty-one at the time. It was a wild year. Bridget filed for office in April. And in the meantime, while campaigning, she also filed to be appointed to the position. That means that she could step onto the school board right away. Although it would be temporary until she officially won the seat in the election in November. Governor Rick Scott reached out to meet her in person, to vet her, and he said, I like that you're not part of the establishment. I like that you're a mom and you're an outsider. And he thought I was smart and quick-witted and would work hard and win. And so he appointed me. It was an unusual move for the governor of Florida to do this. Typically, the seat would have stayed open until the election. We kept driving. Bridget continued the tour. Okay, we are turning to Venice High School. Large performing arts center at the front. You can tell, again, the theater is a huge thing in Sarasota County and the cultural arts. And then you... Some schools she deemed struggling. Some had great theater programs. One had bulletproof glass installed in the wake of the Parkland shooting an addition that Bridget was extremely proud of. So what we're looking at is the single point entry. So that's all bulletproof glass, which makes me so sad that our schools have to have that. On the board, I was able to get um, our capital projects to prioritize safeguarding our schools with single point entrance. All of them have that administrative entrance with bulletproof glass. There is a second layer so that if an active shooter comes in, that they are able to be blocked or at least slow them down. And it is a sad reality that we have to do those things and spend. Eventually, we pulled into a parking lot. This here where we are is the landing. So this is an administrative office. It's uh, for Sarasota's school board. So our meetings are in here. It's a little bit older, brown building. Not very aesthetically pleasing in my opinion, but that doesn't need to be. It's all central office. This is the real bureaucratic blob. This is really the blobby part. Bridget's run for school board from being appointed in April to the election in November was a battle she eventually won. But coming on to the board with no college degree and no public service experience, and for the school board members already there, it was a hard pill to swallow. But you walk into these automatic doors, and then there's two double doors that you go through and go into the chambers, and you have the board seats right in front of you um, where you're up at the dais. And I remember, I know exactly where I sat, I remember walking straight to my seat, and there wasn't many pleasantries or anything like that. Um, I stayed very quiet, and I took copious notes, of which I do always. I, I knew I wasn't very <laughs> very popular with the people inside this building. They didn't, but my whole my whole philosophy was like they will once they get to know me and they know who I am. Like I'll I'll be able to win them over. Like, but that just wasn't the case. We'll get to that in a second. We'll be back after the break. More than a movie is back with season two of the award winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. 
Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Bridget told us the people on the board were unprofessional, mean even, but she might have left out a few details. She was supposed to be learning the ways of the board, not the ways of the board, but the learning the educational system. And then you're supposed to go for training so that you understand where we're coming from in construction, where we're coming from, food services. Um, And it's a whole litany of legislation. It's a whole litany of knowledge that you have to have before you can start to make decisions that are accurate decisions that reflect your community. That's Caroline Zucker. I've been on the Sarasota County School Board for 22 years. During that time, I've had uh, an opportunity to really engage with our community and of schools and people. We gave Caroline a call to ask her about Bridget. She retired from the board a couple of years ago, and her time there up until Bridget's arrival had been gratifying. But once Bridget got there, everything changed. If I had had another year of that, I probably would have had a heart attack. According to Caroline, Bridget pushed back from the get-go. She wouldn't comply with how things are supposed to run. She explained to us how the board typically works. We didn't always agree, but majority of the time we did. If the superintendent brings before you a proposal that makes sense, you vote for it. That's what you're there for. You're there to moderate the superintendent. It's up to the superintendent to be able to do his job and work within his structure to make sure that everything is done according to the rules and regulations of Florida. Oh, by the way, Ms. Sigler has no no formal education. She didn't graduate from college. Typically, when someone is new to the board, they will attend a training to learn how to do the job. Those trainings are run by the Florida School Boards Association, which has been around since 1930. Bridget went to a training held by the association right after she was elected, but she says she didn't agree with how things were being done. I kept saying that she'll be all right when she gets to know what she's doing. She just thought she knew it all. Bridget rejected the status quo. She told us she didn't believe her job was to solely support the superintendent. And she thought the school board association was training people all wrong. So, a month after being elected, she made her own school board association, a new consortium, and invited some of her conservative allies to join. I can't explain it to you what a mess it was becoming. From a board that was a congenial board that worked together, 
We, we were an A-rated board. We had good staff to what was the chaos that was going on was just unbelievable. During Bridget's time on the board over the next few years, she continued to march to the beat of her own drum. Like Caroline said, she did not always support the superintendent. She obstructed and denied many plans. She pushed for state-level policy changes. She worked on legislation that would be a precursor to the Parental Rights and Education Act, the so-called Don't Say Gay bill that was passed last year. That's the bill that restricts how racism and gender identity are taught in schools. It's controversial, and Caroline described the bill's impact for us. You won't have the ability to define who you are like if a boy is, feels like they're a girl. He has to stay a boy because he can't use the girl's restroom. And they give me all these scenarios of, well, he just wants to use a girl's bathroom because he wants to see what it's like. No, you don't understand these kids. You need to take a course in LGBTQ. You need to go there. You need to see these kids. I've seen them. I watched them. One, I saw one kid. He was so overwrought. He was trying to pull his hair out of his head and get a rope to hang himself because he was so upset about being in the body he didn't want to be in. He didn't belong to. Bridget's kids don't go to public school. She told us those schools weren't meeting their educational needs. All these years, she's been working to shape the schools her own children might not even attend. Because ultimately, Caroline says... She wanted the board, she wants the board to be a totally conservative board. She, I was a Republican my entire life until last year. Last year, I switched to, to a Democrat because I couldn't take the shenanigans going on anymore. And she's got her wish now. During the height of the pandemic, when school board meetings heated up with mass mandates and closures, that's when Bridget helped co-found Moms for Liberty. They provide guidance on how to fundraise for school boards, track legislative issues, and review curriculum. In just a couple of years, they've attracted over 100,000 members. They have chapters in almost every state. And over the midterms, they endorse hundreds of school board candidates, most of them running on stances that fall under that parental rights umbrella. Their goal is to limit government overreach. Caroline mentioned something important. She said Bridget wants the board to be conservative, and she's not wrong. That's very much part of how she's cracking the code to school boards. Historically, most school boards have been nonpartisan. Bridget is changing that. By having a conservative board majority, it's a lot easier to make change, to put parental rights in action. We spent the rest of the afternoon driving around Sarasota with Bridget. We saw a lot of schools. It was a long day, and we made plans to see her again. Well, Bridget, thank you I'll see you guys so tomorrow. Much. And we'll My pleasure. Yeah, we'll just, just... When we got back to our hotel, Kathleen and I were both really struck by Bridget's ambition, her burning drive to give parents more control. And she reminded us of another time in history. I think as a mother, you are concerned about your children's future. Mm-hmm. You, know, you care about your own future, but you care more about... Your family's coming along, and you, you want them to have the freedom that we've had under our Constitution. Because our Constitution and what has made our country great is our, is our love for family and, and uh, the conservative principles that we believe in. Mm-hmm. 
Next time on Bedrock USA, we journey back to the 1950s and talk to the original conservative moms when parents feared the spread of communism. And we're not done talking to Bridget just yet. But it is not the role of the government to dictate bad parenting unless it's like true neglect of some sort. I, I don't, I think historically you see cultural shifts and that were with an overreaching government and like, and that's in very extreme fashion when you like think about like cultural revolution in like China and all those things. I mean, but the, I mean, those are the more, I don't want to go down that path. I don't want to see our country go there. This episode was reported, produced, and hosted by us, Samantha Story, and Kathleen Quillian. Original music and scoring by Zachary Walter and audio engineering by Blake Maples. Bedrock USA is edited by Jennifer Sondag, head of Bloomberg City Lab. Additional editing help by Peggy Collins, Nicole Flato, Victor Iveas, and Bill Allison. Bedrock USA is a production of Bloomberg City Lab and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.